launched a couple of years ago, Convoy. Think of it as essentially Uber, but for trucking. Uh, they're really, you know, doing a very interesting model here in terms of, again, making it more efficient, quicker, making sure truckers know where their next truck's going to be. Is it going to be on time? Isn't the most efficient route? How can we bring prices down? And how can we, you know, they're taking less than what industry averages in terms of the, the costs for that shipping, usually at 20%. I mean, they can be profitable coming in under that. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Dan Lewis. He's the co-founder and CEO of Convoy. Convoy is building the largest connected network of trucking companies in the country, helping businesses ship freight more efficiently, improving drivers' livelihood, and reducing the 7% of all greenhouse gases that come from trucking. Before Convoy, Dan served as general manager of new shopping experiences at Amazon, as well as vice president of product and operations at Wavy, which was acquired by Google, and group product manager at Microsoft. Dan started his career in technology and supply chain consulting for Oliver Wyman after studying cognitive science at Yale University. Dan, are you ready to take us to the top? I am. Hi, nice to you. Nice chatting with you. Your background is like a who's who of Washington, Seattle companies. I'm guessing that's where you're from. I am. I was born and raised in Seattle. That's right. Very good. Okay. So tell us about Convoy. For folks not familiar with it, what do you do and what's your revenue model? How do you make money? Yeah. So here's what we do. Um, it's, I kind of consider it the background noise of America. If you're not in the trucking industry, a lot of people don't think about trucking. But everything that you, that's in your office there was probably moved on several different trucks. You know, all the food we eat, everything we see was moved on trucks. So most companies that are shipping their freight, they don't own their own trucks. They use trucks from other companies. And small trucking companies across the country are kind of hard to get a hold of sometimes. The average one has two, three trucks. Um, and so they work through middlemen. Like known as brokers that help companies like Unilever, Procter & Gamble, Starbucks find access to trucks. So we provide that service. We have thousands of small trucking businesses using Convoy. They use our app on their phone. They use us to grow their business. They use us to get paid. And, uh, and then we go secure freight from these larger companies and we deliver it for them via this network of thousands of small trucking companies using our tech. Okay. And give, can you give me an example of maybe a small mom and pop shop in Seattle, maybe one of your first customers and, and how they might use only one truck from you, you know, each month? Uh, yeah. So there are some customers that are smaller that use, um, use us less frequently. First customer we ever had was actually called Guided Products. Okay. It was based here in Seattle. Um, you know, there it's a print shop bindery, et cetera. They might ship pallets of, of paper uh, across town. And they would hire a truck to move that for them. Uh, more common shipments for us would be full truckloads of beer or water or shampoo or you know, piping. Um, we we're removing a 40,000 pound load of, of freight across you know, a few hundred miles. Mm -hmm. So what if, you know, on a daily basis, when you're going and looking at metrics or monthly, what are like the key metrics you're looking? Is it completed trips? Is it pounds of cargo moved? Is it length of trip, just volume? Like what are the key metrics you look at? Yeah, the key metrics for us are thinking about uh, how much freight we're moving, 
Um, how much freight we're moving in each of our markets because we want to build healthy, you know, dense networks as we build this business out. And what percentage of the time is the is the freight that we're that we're doing moved, you know, automatically via via these companies using our technology, um, where they're finding the freight via our app, where they're finding it via our website, and where their drivers are using the technology kind of throughout the entire job. Mm-hmm. And so are you going through, you know, uh, company X, I'm making this up, ships 10,000 pounds of paper per month. When we landed them last month, they're doing, a, you know, a thousand pounds per us every month. And but by the time it's six months, they've transitioned hundred percent of their shipping to us. That, that's kind of a general sense of how you analyze the cohorts. Exactly. So, you know, that company that's shipping paper is maybe shipping, we would describe it as they're shipping uh, maybe 10 different loads. A load in trucking is, is a unit. So they're shipping 10 loads per week. When they first start out, they're using us for a few of them. They really like what they see. They like the experience. They can have real-time visibility into the truck. We give them data about how their facility is operating. You know, is the morning shift more attractive to truck drivers than the afternoon shift? Do they delay truck drivers more from one facility versus another? Help them figure out how to operate better. Um, help them become a better business. And then they, they like that and they give us more freight. And maybe at the end of a few months, we're doing all 10 of those shipments. Dan, it sounds more convenient. You're saving time from these people having to call the shipping, the trucker you know, companies themselves. What about cost savings? You know, I use Uber because it's cheaper than taxi. It's also more convenient. Is your tool, does it, does it drive prices down for the small business? It does. And over time, it allows us to drive the price down even more. Um, we can take out some of the operating costs of running a brokerage, which makes it so we can run a little bit more efficiently. We can also find more convenient trucks. Because we can see all of the trucks and we know where they are and we know which ones like to do which types of runs, our technology is great at taking a job and finding the ideal truck, which is typically uh, closer than someone else would be able to find that truck, which means we're able to save money in terms of sourcing that truck, which lowers the prices for everybody. Dan, is your source of truth, you speak about it in terms of the, the, you know, what trucks like to ship. Is your source of truth the truck, the literal shape and size of the truck, or is it the driver in the truck? So the relationships that we have are with the you know, small trucking companies. Many of them own their own trucks. So it's one, two, three, four trucks in a small business. And that's who we, that's who we serve and that's who we partner with. Okay. So you're not at a level of like, uh, I'm making this up, uh, truck driver a, a, in Boise, Idaho, uh, loves going between Idaho and Cincinnati because he has family in both places. And he's willing to like make that load shipment at a cheaper cost because he, he can do things in both cities. You're not yeah, going- we, we do that. You do do. Okay. So you add, yeah. you're at the human level and the actual truck, you know, it's 40 feet long with eight wheels and can carry this much load. You're at both levels. Actually, what's interesting is that, yeah, exactly. We're at both levels and the equipment itself there is a lot of variety, but equipment's a lot more uh, consistent than the people, right? I mean, people have, they live in all sorts, every different city. There's only so many different types of trucks, but there are many, many different situations that people are in. And so really the optimization, as you're just saying, is understanding where someone wants to get to, where they don't want to get, uh, you know, when they need to get home and being able to find them freight that matches their needs. And we can do that by learning about sort of their patterns and behaviors and then also knowing where they are. Um, being able to offer them freight that's really relevant for them. And then we actually have things that automatically generate round trips and backhauls for them. So if they have a freight going one way from convoy, we'll automatically find freight going back the other way. We'll create tours, multiple stop jobs, um, things like that that help them stay busy. Because at the end of the day, if you're a truck driver and you, you own that truck and you're, you're running it all the time, 
you want to get the most money out of that equipment, right? And so your time and equipment is your investment. And then you're trying to build a business. And so you need to stay full and you stay occupied. And that's really how a trucking company's economics works. We're helping them stay full and occupied. Is the truck driver typically the one fronting the cash to buy the truck and then they're signing with the trucking company to get them work? Is that how it works? Or does the company own the trucks, the drivers rent the truck for a day and then try and fill that day with as much work as possible? Both of those exist. So a very common model is I buy a truck, I have my own, you know, commercial driver's license, my own operating authority um, from the DOT, and I can then run my own loads and I can run my own business. What also happens is people buy a truck, uh, they don't want to actually run their own business. And so then they go work for a bigger trucking company and they bring their own assets, kind of like BYOB. It's like BYOT, <laughs> bring your own truck in. And, and then you run on somebody else's authority and you might switch back at some point and run your own business. And truck drivers go back and forth sometimes depending on the market. I, like you guys, have never been able to find a project management tool that I love. You know, my blog writers like one thing, my developers like one thing, my designers like a different thing, and it's so difficult to get them all on the same page. So when I had Roy Mann, the CEO of Monday.com on the show, I was pleasantly surprised at what he told me regarding his traction and his growth, and I said, maybe I should try this thing. So we now use Monday.com. I started with the magazine. We've launched the Latka magazine, solely dedicated to SaaS founders. It's the only magazine focused on SaaS. And my content writers and my designers worked beautifully together on that project using monday.com for project management. I then said, well, let me give it a real test. Let me see if I can use this for sprints and product cycles with my developers using it as well. And so we did that for GitLatka on our last release. It worked like a charm. Never before have I been able to find one tool that my developers, my designers, and my writers, and myself can use and be happy with. You know, for me, I do most of my work waiting on the boarding deck about to get on a plane. I have to be able to access this stuff on my mobile device, and it works beautifully. We've been using it for several months now, and I said, Roy, I'd love to introduce this to my audience, but you got to give me a great discount. Make me a great offer. He said, Nathan, okay, fine. If your folks sign up and try today, we'll give them 10% off all plans if they use this link, nathanlacka.com forward slash Monday. So you can go there, try it for free, and if you decide to start paying, you'll get 10% off. Again, that's nathanlacka.com forward slash Monday. All right, I want to put all this on a timeline now that we understand the economics. When did you launch the company? What year? 2015. Okay, and you've raised, I think, some capital. How much have you raised to date? We've raised just over $80 million to date. Okay. And, and walk me through where you're spending most of that money. Is it the engineering team? Is it just, again, you know, Uber has a huge acquisition cost in terms of getting drivers signed up. Is that where you're spending most of that money? Where do you spend most of your money? A lot of the investment goes into building the technology. Trucking on the outside looks maybe straightforward, but it's really, really complicated figuring out automatically what the right price is, how to match supply and demand, how to build an app for the driver, you know, tools for shippers, tools for our teams. So we have a pretty big engineering and product team. Um, we do spend money acquiring carriers, acquiring supplies you mentioned, but it is pretty different from Uber and Lyft and other ride-sharing companies. Here's the big difference. Those companies entered a market without available supply. They didn't go in and say, let's take the existing taxi cab drivers and let's get those taxi cab drivers onto the Uber or Lyft platform. They said, let's take people that don't do this as their full-time job and get them to come become drivers and build up a new supply of drivers. So if you're trying to get someone to leave their old job or whatever they were doing to make money before and start driving for Uber or Lyft to make, to make money, 
you need to really subsidize their income for a while until there's enough business for it to be self-sustaining. And so they created a new supply base from scratch. And there's a very, very large upfront uh, cost in that. Whereas in trucking, it's different. There are millions of truck drivers where this is their full-time profession. This is the job that they've chosen to have. What we're doing is we're making it easier for them. We're paying them faster. We're paying them on time. We treat them with a lot of respect. We, we make sure that they don't get jerked around. If they're owed money, they get paid that money. If they're delayed at the facility, we take care of them. We try to keep their truck full. We, do a, we try to be the best uh, partner they could possibly imagine at running their business and give them the most, the most freight, the most relevant freight, and the tools to make their life easier. So they'll switch and they'll start running for convoy. Mm-hmm. And we're not, but they're already truck drivers. So there's less of an upfront cost. It's sort of, you know, getting them to join the industry. It's really about being a better option for them. If I want to ship a small business owner, I want to ship one unit a hundred miles with you guys. Again, maybe I'm that printing company, right? So it's paper. What on average, what am I paying to move a unit a hundred miles? Yeah, if you're doing a full truckload a hundred miles, I'll just ballpark. It might be four or five hundred bucks. Okay, um, that's about four to five dollars per mile, or it might be more, even in in sort of these really short runs you're describing. Whereas, kind of, it's if it's a longer run, um, you're you're looking more at you know. To it's somewhere between maybe a buck eighty and three bucks per mile, depending on the situation. Yep. Um, and so it really depends on on the distance, how much you're paying per mile, because the drivers gonna have to wait at each side anyway. So a longer run, you know, it's gonna be a little bit lower per mile. And then your revenue model is it the same as Uber? You're taking kind of a cut of that two or three bucks or four bucks a mile. That's right. Got it. It's significant. Can you share what that percentage is? I can't share what the percentage is. I can tell you that the industry rate today is about twenty percent, eighteen to twenty percent. Um. And our business model can, can be healthy at a, at a lower percentage. Got it. Good. Okay. Very good. Um, Reed Hoffman's on your board, uh, in the software circles, obviously he's a very well-known name. What's the most important question he's ever asked you at a board meeting that you just didn't expect? (laughs) Um, you know, I, I think what he's been really good at is, uh, I'll call it breaking through a conversation where we're kind of f- focusing in on something, right? Maybe debating some nuances of something, exactly how much we should raise, when we should raise again, um, you know, exactly how to roll out. And, and he can use it. One thing he does, it's really, really useful. So he'll kind of step back and say, Hey guys, let's keep debating this, but like, this is really the big issue. And so maybe around, um, you know, our expansion plans, just kind of stepping back and saying all of these nuances matter, but like, at the end of the day, getting to this really big outcome is what really matters. We all know we need to do that. So let's actually just focus on what will get us there versus these other nuances. So kind of clarifying conversations. I don't have like a specific thing I'm going to share. That's okay. Uh, Bezos is an investor. I think almost every industry fears Amazon jumping in and you know making it more efficient, whether it's healthcare or anything else. Is the fact that Bezos has put money in your company a sign that he's learning from you and getting information that way? Or is it, uh, or is it actually defensive on your end? He won't go into the market because he, also, he already has exposure to the market. Yeah, I can't comment on Amazon's plans, but it's, it's certainly not the case where they're learning or getting data from Convoy. There's no, there's no relationship like that. Um, you know, I think, I think that we have a lot of respect for the operations that Amazon has built. They built a world-class operation. Um, they've sort of changed the game when it comes to distribution and supply chain uh, within retail. And so what we have been able to learn is to think about, you know, how do you, and one of the things that Bezos has thought a lot about is, you know, what are the values of a company that allow it to scale 
what are the um, what are kind of the evergreen problems that your customers never stop having? So one of the things that I think he figured out early on, or his team did, was customers that you know in retail always want lower prices, faster, more convenient delivery, and greater selection. Those are kind of evergreen problems, and you might have a hundred solutions to those problems over a, over the life of the company, but you're always trying to solve those problems. In trucking, it's the same thing. There are evergreen first principle problems that exist. Where am I going to get my next load? Am I going to get paid on time? Am I going to get paid for all of my work? You know, from the shipper side, where is my truck? Will I have a truck when I need it? Is my truck going to be on time? Right? And, and how do I make sure it's on time more often? So those fundamental questions never go away. That's one of the things I have taken away from sort of that Amazon mindset, which was, what are those evergreen problems that are just so important? Let's just keep focusing our company on solving those better and better every day. And we'll create an incredibly great, you know, good business because we're really solving problems that matter. Are you in acquisition talks right now with Amazon or Uber? No. Is it something you'd consider? I think I'm not considering anything like that right now. Um, there's always, you know, an opportunity for partnerships that, that build the company and, and allow us to go do what we want to do. But right now, we view this as the technology that is in driver's hands, the smartphone, allows this to happen. It couldn't happen five years ago. It's, mm -hmm. Drivers didn't have, most drivers didn't have smartphones five years ago. Yep. So we have this really, really cool opportunity to improve their lives, improve the whole trucking industry by just running really hard at building a great trucking business. Yep. And honestly, we're not at all distracted with, is there an acquisition opportunity here or there? We're thinking about how do we build a multi, you know, billion dollar company that really improves the industry and creates a better experience. And, yep. you know, I, I think our path is let's build a large, successful business. Um, you know, I'll never say never to things because I think there's always strategic opportunities that we should be paying attention to, but, but that's not what we're distracted with right now. Guys, we're going to wrap up here with Dan. Dan, we're short on time. So I'm, instead of doing the famous five, I'm just going to finish with this question. If you can share in a month today, uh, how many, how many miles driven, how many units delivered across how many drivers and how many businesses? Uh, so I'll share some of that. We have, um, you know, five, 10,000 active trucking companies in our platform every month where, uh, you know, we're working with thousands of loads every week. Um, and we're doing, you know, millions of dollars in revenue every week. Have you broken like a, a billion units moved at this point? Or is there a big number like that you're going after? I think we we have not done a billion units move. This, uh, we're a ways behind McDonald's. All right. Um, that's why I was asking. Bur burgers are a little easier than trucking. Yeah, across the country. trucking. Right. Um, uh, you know, we, I think we broke last year at some point, you know, in the hundreds of thousands of jobs we've done or something like that. I can't remember the exact stat, but, but we'll have some big exciting milestones coming up that we'll share. Guys, there you have it from Dan. Again, launched a couple years ago. Convoy, think of it as essentially Uber, but for trucking. Uh, they're really you know, doing a very interesting model here in terms of, again, making it more efficient, quicker, making sure truckers know where their next truck's going to be. Is it going to be on time? Is not the most efficient route? How can we bring prices down? And how can we, you know, they're taking less than what industry averages in terms of the, the costs for that shipping. Usually at 20%, I mean, they can be profitable coming in under that. So healthy business. Dan, thank you so much for taking us to the top. Thanks.